Okay, welcome back, all of you snuff film fans, <laughs> to the fifth annual collection of 31 amazing horror movies in October. We lovingly call the Halloween Screamathon. I'm your host, Otis, and tonight I am joined by the Spooky Movie Squad, which consists of Katie, Hi, Emma, Okay, and Mike. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I had nothing. The that was such a windup. That anxiety was palpable, Micah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm. I was over here being obsessed with uh, being Team uh, Kelsey Swift. So that's reasonable. Back up, Bella. Damn. She always has to be on your keyboard. That's her favorite spot right now. I know. Well, you can get over there in the dark. Yeah, in the big old spot that's left for you on the what? table. So sit back and relax and enjoy our review of the 2012 supernatural horror film Sinister. Once you see him, nothing can save you. Hmm. I mean, there's a simple way to just not get caught by the Yeah, I saw that I saw that one coming. Uh, Wait. What? Blame it on the boogie. (laughs) Hit that music. Happy Spookies, everyone. This is episode eight of the fifth annual Halloween Screamathon. And boy, howdy. Um, I, I am very excited about tonight's choice. It is one of those films. Uh, I say this a lot, and I think this one is actually one of those gateway films. Uh, it, it can be really spooky, and it has gone on to be a cult classic in the world. I remember seeing this. Uh, when it came out, boy, howdy, I was like, damn, that was pretty fucking good. And uh, it freaked a lot of people out. Of course, I am talking about the film Sinister, the Blumhouse film. So the second I saw that that uh, intro for Blumhouse, I was like, oh, that's going to be a banger. <laughs> it's got a really good chance. It's got a 90% chance of being really fucking good. Blumhouse, and, mm-hmm. then you, and then you see James Wan's name, and then you go, oh, my God. Yeah. It is. Really? It's It's complete. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's going to be real good. <gasps> Look, it's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sinister was directed by Scott Derrickson. That might not sound reasonable or familiar to anybody, but if you've seen the movie Doctor Strange from 2016 or The Black Phone, hey, you watched two movies that this some bitch has directed. And it was written by C. Robert Cargill. Once again, another name that doesn't seem that reasonable, but He's usually in cahoots with one Scott Derrickson and helps write his screenplays. So they're just a one-two punch, and they absolutely love working together. And so for the uninitiated, Sinister is about a true crime writer. I thought it was going to be a a scary movie writer the first time I saw it. But no, he writes the true crime books, just like a lot of people listen to the true crime podcasts, like me, when when I'm editing these episodes, I'm always watching something and it just off to the side and katie walks in like the fuck are you watching it's like 
And then Katie ate that guy's skin off. And I'm like, she's like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, hey, I'm trying to learn something about the skin eater <laughs> of Fresno. I'm trying to learn about the skin eater. Just, just let me have this. So this true crime writer discovers a box full of snuff films. So for you uh, younger folks out there, don't watch snuff films. That's obvious thing, number one. But a snuff film is just a video that has a lot of bad stuff in it. It's not fun bad. It's just bad, bad. It's not Michael Jackson's bad. It's terrible things on a video. And he finds a just box full of them. And these snuff films just contain gruesome murders. And one is a video from his own house. And as he's watching these videos, trying to figure out the, I don't know, the reasoning. Yeah, the correlation, the reasoning behind these videos. He starts seeing weird things in the background and in the video. He starts hearing things. He doesn't see things. He hears things. Yeah. In his house. Oh, yeah. But it gets a little crazy out there. So before I, I ask everybody how they felt about this movie, I just want to say in 2020, in the year of our COVID Lord, Forbes magazine, they conducted a study called the Science of Scare Project. And so the heart rate of viewers were monitored and they watched uh, a number of horror films. And so out of the 35 movies, Sinister won, having the highest average heart rate at 86 beats and spiking at 131 beats per minute. So it has been deemed the scariest movie ever made. And that spike all came in the when he was coming down the stairs or he was looking looking up in the attic and... Uh... Yep. It's a yep. perfect spot. And I was like, you know, anytime someone's halfway up in something stupid where they can't really fight or defend themselves and then something jumps out i'm like that's perfect that's the perfect scare because you're like oh it's gonna happen uh this movie it is crazy it, it it's crazy. awesome i really like this but i'm gonna ask everybody so emma what did you think about the movie sinister i loved this movie it was very uncomfortable uh it had me squirming a lot uh the fact that there was always one missing kid from the family was very m night Shyamalan. like i was waiting for the twist waiting for that shit, and i loved it but it was heartbreaking to see like ethan hawk's character throughout the story and just the whole situation it was hard to watch their dynamic but it was so well done that you actually felt all of their issues so i loved it micah uh certified banger yeah i have my reasons for liking it but none that i can get into without ruining the story yeah (laughs) this is the first movie that i have been really genuinely scared while watching since probably terrifier and she says the way no, terrified terrified Sorry, yeah. not terror not terrifier terrified yeah the, the foreign one language that, one oh, yeah the boy. one that was like in Howdy. el salvador or whatever that was that neighborhood and the weird things in the walls that movie was fucking scary and this movie follows suit so, like genuine scare like feeling the feeling of being scared it's funny about this film it's funny like 20 minutes in 25 minutes in we're watching this on the couch and we have our spots. And then Katie just scoots 
next to me. I'm like, what you doing? And she's like, well, we need to get closer and watch this. I'm like, okay. And it was nice. It was real nice. It was good times. Now she's Aww. all battle hardened and shit. I show herself. She's <laughs> like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, oh. I remember the days you were like, ah. <laughs> and now it takes special movies. That... Remember that one time when you jumped and I didn't? Yeah, you taught me a bitch. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, Michael Jordan wasn't perfect every game. Gotta be off at some point. <laughs> I really did get caught off. It was at VHS, the Ratmo one. Mm-hmm. That dude came around the corner like, ah. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this movie is really fucking good. The first time I watched it, I was like, damn, that was really good. Every time I watch it, it makes me smile. When people bring up Sinister, I smile because I'm hoping that someone hasn't seen it so they can watch it and then be like, dude, it was good. I'm like, yeah, no shit, man. Welcome to the group. (laughs) This one's a weird one because it's rated R, but there's like not a lot of blood or cursing or sex in this movie. This is like the the purest, scary-ish movie you can see, but it's funny. It's, it's still a smut film. Yes. It's so graphic in other ways. They show these videos with not that much sound. And you're like, that was really fucked up. And then they're like, okay, we'll show you another one in like five minutes. I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's so creepy because it could be real. Like, you know, you could find some weird videos in some room. You're like, oh, oh, shit. I watched that. That was a lot. It's It feels so realish. And uh, quick fun fact. A lot of the uh, snuff films, they had to be done by real stunt people. And some of the stunts kind of went wrong <laughs> and people got fired. So uh, just like the tree one, the tree one was done by stuntmen. But the first time they did it, uh, the stunt coordinator fucked up the preparations. And so they, the actors were actually being hanged and choked. Oh, no. When they went up. And then that person did not have a job after that. Um, there's yeah, one in the, okay. the pool party, pool party 66. Uh, yeah, uh, they had to make sure it was right because it's hard filming stuff underwater. And so they had to make sure they got it right the first time because they didn't want to do reshoots because people don't like really getting dunked upside down multiple times. This movie is crazy. The beginning, I was like, I just remember watching the beginning part, me and Terrell, I'm like, that was fucked up. And we looked at each other I'm like, that's going to be, this is going to be great. It's fun. I like Ethan Hawke in spooky movies. He's really good at it. Like, he's, I don't know, his just emotions and how he acts. It's pretty solid. Ethan Hawke is one of those really, really good actors that I forget is a really good actor until I see him in the next thing that he's in. Like, I don't know. He's like, oh, yeah, he was in Moon Knight. Holy shit, you're fucking great. And then I just forget he exists afterwards until, you know, six months pass and I see him in Black Phone and then, like, he did a great job in Black Phone. And then, you know, my brain wanders away from Ethan Hawke and I don't remember that he's great. And then we watch this film and I'm like, God damn, <laughs> so good. And then you watch The Purge. and then yeah. yeah. He just dips into the darkness and comes back out when he's needed to, to act in a movie. Uh, but this is a fun fucking movie. I, I really like it a lot. So um, there's tons of nods to other scary things. Uh, the director, uh, he came up with this idea. Actually, the writer, the, the, well, the writers, because the director helped write it also. But he got the idea for this after watching The Ring and was had a really terrible nightmare about a weird-faced man just coming out in the darkness. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty fucking creepy. 
Um, this is it's fun. They did make a sequel. The sequel's not as good as the first one, but that Ooh. happens, you know. Sometimes you make you strike gold. It's hard to find another good vein after that. But and we're not here for the second. We're talking about the first one. So uh it seems like a thumbs up from everybody. You can find this film on Amazon, right? Yes. Yeah. Check it out on Amazon. Or you should just have a copy. Just just buy it. Just buy it. It's fun. It's a fun one. So we'll get through this story pretty dang quick. And then uh, if I got any fun facts, I'll just bring them up when it's applicable. Also, when I said James Wan, I was confusing when I was looking up. Uh, oh, for Malignant? Malignant, yeah, my bad. So <laughs> we can scrub that part because I'm yeah. a dummy and can't get my movie straight. Yeah, Malignant's wild. <laughs> okay. So this film does probably one of my favorite ways to open up a scary movie. Either you have some character that means nothing get just straight just destroyed by the killer i love intros like that or you just don't explain anything and let something really fucked up happen and just roll credits i really i really like that if this movie came out 10 years earlier the person that got killed right in the beginning would have been the most famous actor in the movie yeah it would have been ethan hockey like oh, absolutely <laughs> absolutely 10 years earlier ethan hawk would have got strung up at the very beginning and then the rest of the movie would have been question mark no name people sinister like, yeah. officer, it'll be all deputy so-and-so yeah yeah <laughs> he's that dude <laughs> so uh what i'm talking about is the movie opens up on four people just hanging from trees not hanging but they're strung up to a giant tree and then you see a branch getting cut it's kind of moving on its own but it seems like there's a whole little pulley system. So someone has built this like sweet pulley machine. And then as one branch is getting cut, the whole family gets lifted into the air and they get hanged and then they die. And that's the beginning of this fucking movie. I was like, Oh shit. <laughs> uh, it, it's perfect. Uh, everybody just gets quiet. Cause you're like, what is this? You know, you get the whispers like, what the fuck is this? You know? It's fun. So we meet up with Ellison Oswald. Hey, it's a really weird name, but it's it's Ethan Hawke. And he's moving into a home in the fictional town of Chatford, Pennsylvania, with his wife, Tracy, their 12-year-old son, Trevor, and his seven-year-old daughter, Ashley. So Ellison Oswald, he is an awesome true crime writer. Now, if you talk to the right people, they'll tell you he's kind of a piece of shit. Because it seems that his books, they were very popular. Some were very popular. But it seems like he helped some people get off. And maybe they did do the crime. So it seems like he may be stuffing his books full of not substantial evidence. It and seems like he would be great source material for current Netflix document like documentary movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's what I was kind of getting from it. Because, you know, and, and apparently he's not doesn't have the much the highest love for for policemen in his books and so i just i just think that he gets a, a thread of evidence and just runs with it and he's gotten so popular people are like damn that might be it katie might have ate all those people's skin that night you know and then katie gets arrested she's like i didn't do it you know <laughs> so <laughs> it seems like ellison is trying to make another big book because uh, he made one awesome book, and then a couple of ones that were like, eh. But uh, we find out later that apparently the first book was so banging, 
that he had a fucking mansion, but we'll talk about his old house when we get back to it. But that bitch was gigantic. But anyway, <laughs> um, he they move into this new house and the children, they're not the biggest fans of it because they left their you know friends back home. And the wife, she seems to be hopefully on the same page. But Ellison did not tell his family that they moved. He has moved his family into the home where the family from the beginning of the movie that were hanging from the tree, they got murdered in this house. Now, his wife has an idea that, like, oh, did you move us to, like, down the street from some murder house so you can get more evidence or look up stuff real fast? And he, he looks at her dead in the eye, and this is the bullshit. He's like, I promise I did not move you into a house down the street from the murder house. And he looks at the camera and winks, and I'm like, he was telling the truth. That murder house is not down the street. It's right here, but... You know, he just does that wink. <laughs> so he wants to investigate more of this whole family murder situation because the family was killed and one of the kids goes missing, the youngest child. And so there seems to be a lot to this and no one can solve the crime. So he's going to write a biography about this case and get super duper famous again. And so he hopes to learn the fate of 10-year-old Stephanie Stevenson. So she disappeared after the murder. So everyone's thinking that the killer killed her family and then took her away to do dubious evil things. So so uh, while working on this book and grabbing evidence, Ellison finds a box in the attic that has a scorpion in it and gets rid of the scorpion. And it has a projector in reels of Super 8 film. So now, for the uninitiated, Super 8 film was released back in 1965 by Eastman Kodak, and it is... Oh, I don't know if any famous films were done in Super 8. It's just super-duper old-school. It's usually like home movie format. Uh, families would use Super 8 to film, like, you know, Katie's third birthday. And I mean... Her. There was that movie called Super 8. Yeah, but it was so nice looking. But they did probably do scenes on Super 8. I never watched it. Hell, it, it didn't even, like, when they when they showed the the reels and stuff and they were actually playing the Super 8 through the projector, it did not look like those were shot on a Super 8. It was like they digitally just kind of edited it to make it look old. It looks like the more they showed it, the less it looked old school. They were like, fuck this. And then later on, it's just like, you know, Katie gets, Katie was talking about, it. he was out there in Hanson and shit, just scooting into stuff. And he's like, it, it, it was super eight. It's not super eight anymore. Enhanced. <laughs> yeah, we, we got shit to, Enhanced. we got to show the villain of this movie. So this is not super eight anymore. <laughs> so he finds this box full of super eight film and these home movies labeled, but the labels aren't like, Hey, this family gets their shit pushed in. Part one, it's like cake and ice cream. 82. It's like that. It's like really nice names. So like families hanging out. Pool party 66. One probably one of my favorite ones. <laughs> I don't I forgot what the tree one was called. Let's just say it was called just hanging around. <laughs> I think I think if you look closely through some of those, there was one labeled Backdoor Slits 9. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, backdoor slits nine. <laughs> people one branch and so oh. <laughs> the films they are footage of different families being murdered 
in very gruesome ways and like i said they have these like really fancy not scary titles to get you to get you to look in like one called pool party 66 where a whole family is tied to lawn chairs not lawn chairs but the what are the chairs by the pool that you like relax in Pool chair, poolside chairs. Pool, poolside chairs. Pool loungers. Yeah, they're tied down the pool loungers and dumped headfirst into the pool just to drown. And it's like that that the pool party. <laughs> See you next year. I'm like, Jesus. Yay. So Ellison, uh, very disturbed, drinking his whiskey, is watching these videos and he's taking notes. And then little by little, after watching it multiple times, he starts noting mysterious symbols. And then later, a creepy, creepy man just in the corner of every film somewhere, like just watching all of this scary stuff go down. Um, I, I'd have been done right then, but you know, Ellison, he needs money, so uh, you know, ethics be damned. There was a moment where he picked up the phone. He was going to call the cops and tell them that, hey, I found a giant box full of fucking like cold case evidence. You should probably come pick this up and save the day. But then he just hung up his phone because he realized this is a really good book or a series of books. I had a series of books if I was a piece of shit like him. So Ellison, he matches footage of the throat slitting murder. So there was one where people were just like tied to tied in bed and you see just a camera and a knife come up and just slice everyone's throats. And he matches it up with news reports from St. Louis, Missouri in 1998. And so he's starting to realize that uh, the killer has been just murdering people for a very long time and I guess lived in this house. So he's, he's trying to figure out why all this evidence is in his home. And ugh, so fucking creepy, man. I, I couldn't. But one night, and this is just like any movie, just like Paranormal Activity, just at night, late at night, that's when the noises start. And so one night, Ellison, he hears noises, not in the attic. One of the first nights, he hears noises and he heads to a, just in the hallway, and there's a box. And then the box slowly opens on its own. And then you just see somebody crawl out upside down. It's his child. And his child has what night terrors. Mm-hmm. and just walks off and ends up in places and just starts screaming his 12 year old child yeah. that was horrific night terrors are not a thing that usually go past like five or six yeah yeah it's a lot and i forgot that the kid was in the box and we were watching again i was like he just stood there and just watched this creepy like pale ghost come out of a box he's just like oh look at that i was like this dude is fucking brave or stupid mm-hmm. or both <laughs> So, inside this box one night, as he is hearing noises, like every night, something wakes him up. He finds a snake, a king snake, and then childlike drawings depicting the killings. And then there's an eerie little dude on the pictures that some kid drew named Mr. Boogie. Mr. Mr. Boogie, just in the corner, like, damn, he killed those people. You crazy. (laughs) And Damn, so Bobby, you crazy. Ellison scans these pictures onto his phone. They take care to not show you the last picture 
on the book. There was another picture, and we get like a flash forward later. But there was one drawing that he just didn't really acknowledge. But uh, yeah, we'll see if that picture comes up later. And uh, it's one of those, if you saw it, you'd be confused until the end of the movie. Like, oh, okay, okay, cool. So uh, he gets, Ellison gets like almost jumped by a Rottweiler later on. So there's multiple animals keep popping up. His kid keeps popping up into bushes, places, or just out into the darkness. And so he's trying to deal with that. Ellison talks to a local deputy, uh, deputy so-and-so. He does not have a name in this movie, just deputy. And so him and the deputy, they discover that the film murders took place at different times in different cities across the country, starting back in 1966, back when Super 8 were made. The film was made. And so a child from every family disappeared following the murders. So there was always one person that just did not get killed and they never were found. And then they learn that the Stevensons, the family that got hanged before they moved to Chatford, they lived in the Miller's former house. So the house before. And so there seems to be some weird freaky deaky connection to this. And so it's not, they don't have all the evidence yet, but there was, there's some connection to how people get picked to get murdered. So the deputy talks to Ellison and shows him to occult specialist, Professor Jonas. Hey, Professor Jonas, he looks really familiar. It's Vincent D'Onofrio or Kingpin or that really cool character from Magnificent Seven. He was a trapper guy. <laughs> so it was just real cool. He just popped up in this movie. I was like, what the fuck? So Professor Jonas helps decipher the symbols in the movie. And, and you know, there's always somebody that knows the answer. But he's like, I'll be back in two weeks to tell you the answer when it's like the scariest point to know it. <laughs> and so Professor Jonas, he tells them about this Babylonian god called Bagul. And he's like, hey, Bagul likes killing families and takes one of the kids so he can eat their soul slowly. So everyone's going to die, but he likes eating the pure soul at the end. It's like the funnest thing to him. And so what he likes to do, actually take it back. I'm not going to explain how and why. That's a little bit later in a phone call when it's all over. <laughs> so Ellison is investigating footsteps and noises through his house. He keeps hearing something like someone's just kind of hopping around a corner running. And so I love this scene because people get confused for a couple of seconds as it happens. A little kid pops up right behind Ellison and Ellison does not react. But the kid is just kind of like following Ellison and then runs off and then he turns. We can see these kids. Ellison cannot. But he hears the sound they are making. And so he's walking around his house trying to find the cause of these sounds. Doesn't find anything. And we move into Ashley's room, his youngest daughter. And we see a very dead little girl in the corner drawing creepy pictures on the wall. And tells Ashley just to be quiet. Puts her finger to her mouth. And so seems like the kids are getting screwed with. So... Another night, Ellison, he hears the film projector running by itself, and he goes up to the attic, and he finds all of the missing kids looking dead and crusty and, like, pale in the attic watching one of the films. 
And then Bagul, and sorry, one of the coolest scenes, he's on the camera, like on the projector screen. And then the screen picture is like normal sized Bagul. And then Bagul is just in Ellison's face, like, hi. And Ellison falls, <laughs> just falls down the attic and is freaking out. And then things just drop from the ceiling. And he's like, oh, my God. And he's freaking the fuck out. As Dude, should. Right, right when that happened, I kept telling Micah, I was like, bro, who in their right mind with all that fucking noise is still asleep? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get how people stayed asleep in this. Maybe it was. The children especially. Like, I, or the mom, to be specific. When you hit motherhood. Your sleep ability is gone. Yeah. Like, there's no way she didn't hear that shit. It's crazy to me. So, Ellison, finally, finally, enough has happened that he is like, fuck this shit, we're out. So he grabs the camera projector and all the snuff films and burns them outside. His wife's like, what you doing, bud? And he's like, we, we got to get out of here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it took me this long to realize this place is no good for us. We're heading back home. And then she's like, are you sure? And he's like, grab your stuff. <laughs> he just yells at her. And she's like, okay, shit. We're getting the fuck out. He's going to fucking go. So Ellison takes his ass back home. And he has a gigantic, gigantic house. And so I guess the popularity of his first book, he was able to make lots of money. He built his, he has his giant, big fucking house. So now... The deputy has been calling Ellison, and Ellison doesn't want to pick up the phone. He's like, I'm kind of done with this, man. I'm not writing this book anymore. I'm done. He starts erasing evidence on his computer. Okay, he's like, damn, that's a lot of evidence to save the day, but you're just damn, getting you just could have sent that shit to the cops and, like, you know, not fucking done an illegal crime just now. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> so he gets a message from Professor Jonas. And jo- he Jonas sends Ellison images associated with Bagul. And then you see the symbol and three creatures that are involved with Bagul. A scorpion, snake, and a dog. And then his face, he's like, oh, shit. And then Christians believe that the images of Bagul served as a gateway for the monster to come from his realm to the mortal world. And then Bagul can possess children who come into contact with these images and then he would use them to do his bidding and ellison's like oh shit like it's starting to hit him all this stuff is just kind of falling apart and so ellison discovers the projector and the films in his attic so the you know the snuff films are like hey bud we're not done and so there's a new film labeled extended cut endings And so he finds the ends, spices it back together with its corresponding snuff film, and he is going to watch them. So the deputy calls Ellison and tells him that every deceased family lived in the house where the previous murders happened. And so the process works that you get scared in the house where the murder happened, the previous murder happened. You move out of the house and then you die. And then your new house, or that the house where you died, is the new house. It's it. And whoever comes into that house will get scared out of it. And their new house would become the next murder house. So Ellison learns from the deputy 
that he is set his family up to be next in line to get murdered. And he's like, "Uh oh, (laughs) I can see his face like, oh, shit. (laughs) So Ellison. Oh, take it back. So Ellison, he checks out the new footage on these very snuffy, snuffy films, and it depicts the missing children coming on screen after the murder. They were the ones that did the murder. So the one with the tree where you couldn't see how the tree was getting cut, the branch, the kid was up in the tree cutting it off camera. Uh, the kid that was the the hand that was slicing the family's throats, it was the little kid. The pool pool tart pool party sixty six, it was the little kid. The family inside of the car that gets burned alive. Yep. And so now he's like, oh shit, Mister Boogie is making the youngest kid kill everybody. Man, I should really do something about this. Man, this coffee is making me sleepy. <laughs> you think your dirty socks can stop me? You're making me dizzy. <laughs> and so Ellison drinks his very green coffee made by his daughter and falls out in the middle of the hallway. And there's a note that says, good night, daddy. And then we see little Ashley in the hallway, just watching. And so Ellison wakes up to find himself, Tracy and Trevor bound and gagged on the floor. And then Ashley pops up with an ax. And she is most definitely being influenced by the spirit of Stephanie Stevenson and old Mr. Boogie. He's there, too. And he's like, well, got a new kid. And then Ashley, with her Super 8 camera, films her family getting chopped up into pieces before they get chopped up. She tells her dad that she's going to make him famous again. And boy, howdy, I guess this is a good way to make him famous. And so she uses the blood to paint pictures on the walls in the hallway, along with Bagul's symbol on a door. And then we see that Ashley adds her picture to the little uh, projector box where little kids were drawing the pictures of their murders. And then we see an updated version of all her family members getting murdered, getting chopped up into little pieces. And then we see Ashley... She's watching a film of her murder, and then she sees all the missing children staring at her through the movie. But then when Mr. Boogie appears, they run off, and then Mr. Boogie picks up Ashley and takes her into the movie. And then the box of films, they sit in the new attic, the updated murder house, and now it has Ashley's reel titled House Painting 2012. And that is sinister there's a jump scare at the end mr boogie's like what you looking at (laughs) and that is sinister so emma who's your favorite character in sinister i said the deputy because he was like he was just trying to help the guy get stuff figured out he wasn't really sure of all the things so he was always like questioning but he was always in on it because he wanted the dedication in the book but i did like that he was kind of asking the guy are you sure you want to do this so yeah i don't know i just i like the deputy he was also good comic relief he said some silly things so i liked it micah i'm gonna go with the booger man <laughs> pretty solid villain all he has to do is do a jump scare and let his Wait. his dinner his minions take care of the rest <laughs> 
and he wins in the end, which is always a solid thing to have happen because it doesn't happen all the time. And it's just, it's nice to see the bad guy get one every once in a while. Katie? So mine's kind of, it's not a, really a person. Um, it's a specific scene in the movie um, that I absolutely loved the way that it was shot and the cinematography behind it. Mm-hmm. And it is the scene where um, Ellison is hearing sounds throughout his house and he's walking like through the halls, freaked out, trying to find the sounds. Mm-hmm. And all of the dead kids keep walking behind him and like yes. just misses each one of the dead kids. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they step into an empty hallway or an empty doorway and then they make a creak in the floor. And he's like, holy shit, what's that? And he turns and then they show him like turning towards the sound and behind him on the other side is another creepy kid like one of the other murder kids and this scene goes on it's like a two minute scene probably where he's walking through the house and these murder kids like genuinely it's like a scooby-doo episode where like people are running in and out of doors and stuff the kids are just like running all over the house creating this like havoc and all these little creepy sounds but the way that it was shot so that you could see these creepy ghosts that were making all this sound and ellison couldn't see shit was fucking cool it was really impressive. Yeah. And I loved the use of sound in that mm-hmm. in that scene because uh like if the ghost was on the right side, like the sound came from the right side of the speaker and then if it was like shifting with wherever the sound was, it was fucking great. Otis. I so it's weird. I went with the deputy. I went with my gut on it. I so and so I really like that character. Mm-hmm. That actor, he was actually in it it he is the mm-hmm. older eddie eddie so he's the the hypochondriac uh, yeah. uh taking all those gazebos that his mom gave him yeah. <laughs> he's a fucking gazebos yeah. <laughs> he's a very funny character and he just wants he just wants his name and the acknowledgments that's all he wants just just help me out man i just want to be in your book and i feel bad that he has to give the evidence at the last second or the the, the shoe drop has to happen late because you can't tell somebody, hey, Katie, um, if you go, if you leave that house, then the ghost will kill you indefinitely. Oh, cool. I haven't moved out yet. So we'll just figure this out. Oh, sweet. So I guess you won't die. Okay, bye. That can't happen. He's You got to leave. You know, it's a scary movie. But I enjoyed Deputy So-and-So the whole time. Uh, spoilers. Deputy So-and-So comes back in part two because he... He realizes that, holy shit, I was onto something, and then I saw Ellison and his family end up on the fucking news because they died. I'm gonna try to save the next family involved, and so it's a single mom and her two sons, and it's not really Mister Boogie, but it seems like the ghost kids are like, "Hey, hey, you little boy, you want to see a cool video?" And he's like, "I guess." And he's like, "Watch this," <laughs> so. Uh, it, it seems like uh, there's a lot more boogie. We watched the trailer afterward. There's a lot more boogie in the second one because they were like, people like that. Let's show, mm. let's show more of it. No, people <laughs> liked that there was only a little bit of Mr. Boogie in it. Yeah, now nah, you get your boogies worth. No, <laughs> we just wanted one. a tiny bit of a ghoul. They did a <laughs> fucking great job in this movie of only showing the bad guy for like a minute. Yeah. In the whole film, he had maybe 60 seconds worth of actual screen time and it was excellent 
Yeah. Perfect. So, Emma, who's your least favorite character in Sinister? Ellison. Mm-hmm. He put his family in danger multiple times chasing the dragon of trying to write true crime novels. And, like, I get it. You you were successful a couple times, and now you're like, I need the next best thing. I need the next best thing. But, like, you bought a murder house, buddy. <laughs> like, hard no. And not only did you buy the murder house, you didn't say shit to your wife. You're, like, sort of concerned that your child is violently having night terrors way past when he should and you're not at all concerned that your daughter her personality is obviously changing through this movie like i don't know i just his character made me super angry like yes cool you're dedicated to your job you're really into your book you're really into the idea of this whole thing great good for you but like why why did you give fuck all about your family Micah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to agree. Uh, we need a least favorite, and he's the least, I guess, the least likable character. Uh, <laughs> my favorite line of his was when he's like, it's not the same. It's not like people died in this bed or in this room or in this house at all. No, it's not She's like, like so yeah. this isn't the house where it is? He's like, no, it is. And it's like, well, you just said that Well, they were killed outside. It's different. No, they were killed in the backyard. What? Where our daughter plays? Yeah, that was, that was pretty <laughs> shitty. And and the when the officer was like, yeah, that's not a conversation I'd like to be there for. And he's like, yeah, me neither. Fuck, dude. <laughs> Damn. I mean, I get it, but fuck. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, the the really shitty line that he said was when when they're when he's yelling at his wife and and she's like, he's like, we, you know, I had, to, you know, we're gonna be rich and all all these things, and she's like, I don't care about that, and he's like, Yes, you do. Everybody does, and it's like, oh no, yikes. Yeah. Yeah, he just he just made some very very questionable calls and yeah. we got too into it and bought a murder house too drunk and yeah bought a murder house. <laughs> Katie, um, I'm not gonna say Ellison though. That is how I feel, and I'm just gonna go with blanket lying to your spouse. Yes, because holy fuck you lied to her about buying a murder house like we cannot reiterate this enough i kept telling otis while we were fucking watching this movie i was like if you bought a murder house and then lied to me about it i'd kill you in your sleep it's murder house times two like sorry about it it's not fucking happening ghosts are watching right. god damn god damn we were this just is... gonna fuck with you a little bit no nope. right this is not a act now apologize later thing yeah. like no no yeah and uh that fight that he had with his wife like it was totally a um alexander and eliza hamilton moment oh so much was like why can't the kids just be your legacy like why can't that be all right why can't that be enough <laughs> and he was like no no money i need money this is my right? legacy bitch no these kids are your legacy like <laughs> fuck the grow u.s up. treasury yeah grow up bitch so I wrote these exact words. Ellison's old dumbass. So that is my least favorite character. Ellison at many times has the vibe of a person that peaked in high school and wants to get back to that. He's like, man, you remember when I 
scored five touchdowns in that that game to get the state. Boy, that was fun. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I got the tape for it. Man, I missed those days. It was so fun. He's watching old interviews of himself when he's talking about being successful. And he's like, oh, I could feel it. This is a perfect situation for him. He's like, fuck, this book can can and will be awesome. I just got to get through a lot of fucked up videos and I can be rich and famous again. Man, I should really turn this evidence in. There's probably families that are really, you know, hurting. Man, I'll do that later. I gotta, I gotta write this book, man. And it seems like ghosts are like fucking with me. I gotta write this book. It's just, it, but it's funny. He got to a point where he said, "This is too much. This is too much, y'all." And then that's what the ghosts were waiting on. Mister Boogie was like, "Good, I got him." <laughs> He's like. <laughs> Got him. I, I was thinking the the one um general that's like, ladies and gentlemen, we got yep. him. <laughs> Mr. Boogie comes to the press conference, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> like, <laughs> yay! But no, Ellison, he's he, he's the worst, and that's why he got chopped up in little pieces. So let's do seven word synopsis. I have two of them. Don't watch snuff films, you ding dong. Mm-hmm. If I found, so it, it's weird. If I didn't watch all these scary movies and I was stupid, if I found a projector in the attic and I turned it on because I was curious, the second I turn it on, I'm like, I see a family running around. I'm like, oh, some family left their shit. This is weird. I'm watching them have a barbecue. Oh, shit. They're hanging from a tree. Fuck this. And I'm going to click it off. I'm not going to sit there and watch the whole thing. I'm like, this is bad. And I'm going to turn it in and be like, people are dying on this. Instantly going to the police. Yeah, like, this is not good. This is bad, you know? But I I don't got that adventure in my heart. Fuck this. This is someone else's issue. I'm not watching this shit. And then my second one is, hey, look, creepy little guy in pictures. You know, (laughs) he's like going through them and he's like, hey, what's that? Is that a dude in a suit? Enhance. Enhance. (laughs) Enhance uh, and then put Enhance. a little suit on him. Yeah. Hey, yeah. print that out. Man, that's weird. On his Super 8 film and his 2012 MacBook. Yeah. Enhance. Get out of here. Enhance. Get out of here. Man, that's a sweet ass suit, Mr. Boogie. <laughs> Enhance. <laughs> Katie. Never move into a murder house. Yeah. Correct. Claps in between. Come on, man. Make the walls bleed. Yeah. No. Hey, man, we own you. (laughs) (laughs) Needed more Night Terror son, daughter art. Yeah. Like, I feel like they leaned into the Night Terrors in the first, like, half and then just gave up on it at the end. And I feel like a little bit more, like, one more scene apiece of the son having, like, Night Terrors because of the crazy shit that's happening in the house. And the daughter like drawing art like she did the one art that had uh bagul on it and the art of the girl that was the previous killer girl yeah but there needed to be like one more piece of art so we really like understood that she's the she's the one that's gonna go crazy because well that's for sure oh the kids are a little weird and now everyone's dead what the well i'm especially especially after they moved back yeah to the other house like Something needed to happen there before they just yeah. got like immediately murdered. Like, yeah. well, and, and then that's, my last one, like, 
Oh, sorry. I just wanted to piggyback off that too. I was going to say uh, for a movie about like monsters eating ba- children, like it didn't really feature the children at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they did that so you didn't suspect that the kids yeah. were the, the killers. The killer. Yeah. So the, sure. the more you leave them out, you're like, oh, the kids are just there. They the one's gonna get kidnapped and one's get killed, you know. They're like, oh, they didn't get kidnapped, they would have fucking killed her. They're like, oh no. So I thought they played that just right. Just yeah. don't even don't even acknowledge the kids until you really need to acknowledge them. Yeah, and then my last one, heart rate was peaked the entire movie. Yup. This was a stressful movie to watch. Correct. <laughs> is too much my little heart can't take it <laughs> micah Zack schneider's origin story director's cut <laughs> when he opened the box and said extended here's the extended cut i was like this is Zack schneider chasing down the warner brothers executives trying to force the the justice league movie on him <laughs> it's in black and white <laughs> and it keeps it keeps showing up at their houses <laughs> No, I burned you. Where'd you come from? We said no more, Justice League. Sarah, the projector's back. (laughs) (laughs) For your information, snakes don't have feet. I forgot about that that one. Uh, Missing child? Blame it on the boogie. Blame it on the boogie. It's a good episode of Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girl fans out there. Heck yeah. Okay. I have featuring Gene Simmons as possessive Mr. Boogie. <laughs> he came on the screen and I was like, okay, kiss. <laughs> I loved his mask. Right? It was so freaking creepy looking. It really was. Uh, and then I have fuck around and find out on overdrive. And then my alliterative sinister scenes show seriously screwed psychopossessive snowballing. Heck yeah. Nice. So this film came out October 12th, 2012. I'm going to say 2012 or however way I fuck it up every time. So what do you guys think the budget for Sinister was? Katie. Uh, I said $25 dues. 25. Emma. $10 dues. 10. Micah. $14 dues. So uh, I forgot what the sound is on Prices Right when everyone goes over. But the closest to the pen was Emma. The budget was three dollary dues. Fuck, they did a lot with that. Holy crap! Did he, Ethan Hawke just do this shit for free? I guess so. Uh, it, Ethan Hawke seems like the type of person to just man. That sounds like that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm in. I'll I'll, I'll do it. He seems to be that type of guy. He did so. it for a sandwich and a night in the ghost house. Yeah, jeez. So, what do you guys think the box office was, Katie? Uh, well, now I'm rethinking my whole life, so uh, <laughs> I'll just fuck it. $150 dues. Okay. Emma? $130 dues. Micah? That's him taking Two, a leap. $200 dues. And there's the landing. <laughs> so, uh, once again, everybody went over. Uh, a little bit uh, closer uh, this time, but everyone went over. But the box office was $87.7 dollar dues. That's still wow. incredible yep. off of a fucking $3 million budget. Yes. So the scale that everyone was thinking was just about right. It's just got to bring it down. The multi- multiples were a little bit lower. This movie made bank. 
everyone enjoyed mm -hmm. it. Um, uh, tons of uh, magazines and, and companies and people, they said this is the kind of shit that fuck kids up. I saw, I read that multiple times. Like, this is the kind of thing that would make a kid not want to go to sleep. They're like, that dude is going to come out of the movie and kill me. I'm like, well, you know, eat your vegetables. Mr. Boogie won't come and get you. I'm like, okay. Right. You know, it, it's that kind of scary thing. It's, and I'm betting the face of Mr. Boogie, well, it was kind of based on um, Johnny Depp's depiction of Willy Wonka. Yeah. That was originally going to be what Mr. Boogie looked like, but then they were like, that's kind of stupid. And then they came up with some like dream face. The way he looks seems like what you would see in a dream. It's not a set face. It's just yeah. kind of liquid. And Almost then, like Rorschach from uh, Watchmen. Yeah. His face is like a little morphy. Yeah. It's just, it's never a solid look and you never look long enough because you're scared. So you don't really know. Honestly, I don't even know how to draw his face. If if I had to, seeing it like, you know, the, I don't know, 20 times I've seen it in my life. I don't know if I can make a legit picture of Mr. Boogie right now because I don't see it long enough and his face ain't equal. It's all weird looking. Well, yeah. the the mask is kind of similar to the mask from the black phone. Yeah. But the eyes are more like, uh, kind of like Venom. They like creep. They're like uh, Spider-Man eyes, but they like creep up in the corners and creep down in the center. Yeah, like they do. They're pointy in the top and the bottom. And so a lot of the reviews even saying that this movie is not perfect. They said even with their faults, this is a solid, scary movie. And uh, honestly, with a lot of things in life, if you stick the landing, a lot of people don't care about all the shit before as long as you end it right, <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, it was great. They're like, they like shit themselves like 10 minutes in. Yeah, but they, you know, they, they got the flip at the end. I'm like, okay. Uh, it's, I, this is a fun ass movie. So um, minority kill count. I don't think any of the, I think one family looked like they were Latino. The one from in the car. They, Could have been, but we don't know. Well, yeah. didn't they, didn't they say their name was Martinez? Yeah, I want to say one of the families. Let's add so three, four because the kids. Four, yeah. So let's add four to the mix. So the new number is three hundred eighty-nine, and a Tito turtle, and a house, plane full of vampires. Mm -hmm. So does anybody have anything else to say about Sinister before we get out of here? Pretty good. It was really good. Don't watch it alone and in the dark unless no. You don't have a problem with scary things. Yeah. Make sure you consult your physician before viewing this movie and getting your heart rate into an unsafe range. Yeah, if you have like heart problems, maybe don't watch this. This is kind of, it was a lot. Yeah, it does force your heart rate in a certain direction. <laughs> yeah. I always think about that scene. I forgot which uh, scary movie or uh, haunted episode of Simpsons it was, but Flanders came in like a headless zombie. And everybody starts screaming and grandpa is still like screaming but he's holding his chest he's like dying and everybody just ignores him <laughs> everybody's like yeah. <laughs> but this will fuck you up so hopefully your heart isn't jacked up so with that that is the end of this episode so if you have any cool fun facts about Mr. Boogie or watching stuff films please don't send that to me 
but you can text Katie at, tweet Katie at. Allentown Pod. We have an email in it. Allentown Presents at gmail.com. We have our work out. Allentown Presents. <laughs> so, that was episode eight in the books in the pocket out of sight. We have 23 more scary movies that we are going to do. The list, the numbers, Mason. It's all coming together. I'm very excited about some of the picks we're doing. So, the music you're listening to right now, that is Flippin' Combined Effort, Flippin' the CE, and where you can find them. Studio Pizzas, thank you so much for the artwork. So, um, I don't have anything else to say. This was a really good-ass movie. I'm going to put a star. This, this is going in the book. Eight movies in, and I already have one that's got a star. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> it's happening. It's, I'm going to, shit, a year from now, I'm going to be like, God damn it. <laughs> Why'd I pick them all? <laughs> so <laughs> like always thank you so much for listening and we will be back tomorrow with another scary movie okay bye guys bye toots have our kids made us famous yet I think so <laughs>